from CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, we look at learning in the wake of COVID-19 and new data offering a window into students' academic performance last fall. Test scores for math were considerably lower, and that was in the range of 5 to 10 percentile points for students this year compared to same grade students in fall of 2019. And we also saw that the biggest drops appeared to be in grades three to five. We welcome NWEA senior research scientist Megan Kufeld, co-author of a research brief examining the test scores of more than 4 million students in the fall of 2020. She discusses what her team learned and didn't learn from the data. We saw evidence that there was systematic missingness in our data. And so that may be causing us to underestimate the impacts of learning since more vulnerable students are missing at higher rates this year. And some key takeaways regarding both student performance and assessment as we move forward in 2021. In my opinion, now is not the time to fly blind. I think that information about how students are faring educationally is really important as we start planning recovery efforts from the pandemic, as well as identifying systematic inequalities and to allocate resources. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Yemler, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, we're happy to be speaking with Megan Kufeld, Senior Research Scientist with NWEA. Thanks so much for joining us, Megan. Thank you for having me. So today we're discussing NWEA's recent research brief. Uh, it was co-authored by Beth Tarasawa, Angela Johnson, Eric Ruzek, and Karen Lewis, titled Learning During COVID-19, Initial Findings on Students' Reading and Math Achievement and Growth. In some ways, it's a follow-up to your work last spring, which we actually spoke about here on the podcast, projecting how students might fare academically in the wake of widespread school closures. Now, in some areas, it looks like we might have some good news, but in others, there still seems to be some cause for concern. Um, we'll get to those findings in a moment, but to start, could you walk us through your approach to this work? How and over what time frames did you gauge students' academic performance? In this study, we use data from NWEA's BAP Growth Assessment, which is an interim assessment given widely by school districts across the country to monitor academic progress through the school year. So most students are assessed in the fall, winter, and spring in a school year. And in total, we had test scores for about 4.4 million students in grades 3 to 8 between the 2019-20 and 2020-2021 school year. And our primary comparison in this study was between fall of 2019 before COVID and fall of 2020 while the COVID pandemic was continuing. And our data is collected in about 8,000 schools across the country, though the data is not inherently nationally representative. And you know, the last thing that I think is really important to note is that our data was collected both in person at some schools and districts that were able to open in person, as well as remotely for those students who are in remote or hybrid situations. So some of the students in the sample were testing at home, which I think is an important caveat to our findings since we're still learning a lot about uh, the grades and subjects and types of tests that students can be accurately assessed on. So let's jump into your findings, beginning with reading. Uh, how did students perform there compared with 2019? We found that students were performing very similarly this fall in reading compared to students in the same grade in fall 2019. 
And we also found that the majority of students had made learning gains since schools closed down in the spring in reading. So, you know, most students we saw were pretty on track with what we would expect compared to a typical year in reading. And that does actually hold true with some of the other testing companies that have released their findings. We've seen, for the most part, pretty encouraging news in reading in grades three to eight, though slightly more concerning for the one test that was able to look at early literacy, so K to two skills, showing a little bit more alarm in terms of students who are not hitting benchmarks. And what did we learn about students' math performance in the fall of 2020? We saw that test scores for math were considerably lower, and that was in the range of 5 to 10 percentile points for students this year compared to same grade students in fall of 2019. And we also saw that the biggest drops appeared to be in grades 3 to 5, so the late elementary grades were where students uh, in math really seemed to be struggling the most. And did we learn anything about particular student groups, or is it still too early to tell? Yeah, so we did uh, in our results break down our findings by race, ethnicity, as well as by school poverty level. And we found that even though overall in reading things looked pretty similar, we did see some initial evidence of declines for some groups of students, including Hispanic and Black students in upper elementary grades, as well as students in high poverty schools. And we do, you know, want to caveat that these are very initial findings. We saw evidence that there was systematic missingness in our data. And so that may be causing us to underestimate the impacts of learning since more vulnerable students are missing at higher rates this year. So we do see a little bit of evidence of achievement gaps widening in reading, not as much in math. Math things looked pretty similar across the board. But it is definitely possible that the pattern of missingness that we saw is kind of masking some findings so far. So in general, do you think students overperformed NWEA's initial projections in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic? And if so, are there any approaches, interventions, or other factors that might have helped students adjust to remote learning better than we might have originally thought? So based on the fall data, we do think that students are overperforming our initial projections. And, you know, one of the primary reasons behind that is most likely that our projections were based on a very strong assumption. And that was that the spring school closures were operating like other out-of-school time periods that have been setting before. So that may be summer break or as well as literature that was available on absenteeism from school. And we know now that in many settings, that was not an accurate reflection of the reality of instruction and services that teachers were providing in the spring. When schools first closed down, I think there was a gap in the instruction that was being provided. But for the last kind of two months of the school closures in most places, teachers and and school leaders just really admirably just stepped up and worked so hard to transfer this, what used to be in-person instruction to remote. So I would say our projections were kind of based on a faulty assumption about the amount of instruction that was actually being provided in the spring. And beyond what happened in schools, we also have evidence that online searches for learning platforms like Khan Academy or for tutoring really surged in the spring. And so there was you know, definitely an effort for parents to step up and fill in the gaps that may have happened in school with extra resources. So I think it's too early at this point to really say what specific approaches and interventions seem to be most effective in mitigating the impact of the spring school closures. But we do think that more teachers were able to reach students in the spring than we initially had believed. 
but I think this is something that's going to be a, a subject of ongoing research as we really try to figure out what really did work and what didn't work across different settings. We, we need to do more to really measure things like what kind of instruction was provided and what students' opportunities to learn were to do that well. It seems that one of the big looming questions as we move further into 2021 is going to center on testing, not only if, but how states should test and assess student performance following, obviously, one of the most turbulent years in our nation's history. Uh, I'm curious if you or your team have any thoughts on that subject. Yeah, in my opinion, now is not the time to fly blind on getting data in the hands of students and parents and teachers. I think that information about how students are faring educationally is really important as we start planning recovery efforts from the pandemic, as well as identifying systematic inequalities and to allocate resources. But that being said, you know, there has to be a safe way to test students. So, you know, I know many states are thinking about trying to bring students back in person to do testing. And to me, the educational data is extremely important, but getting it in a safe way that parents feel comfortable bringing their students in for testing is also super important. And I know many states are trying to navigate that right now. But the other thing I would say about that data is that It'll be really important for many reasons, but I don't think it should be used for accountability or high stakes accountability designations, but it should really be used to help federal, state, and local leaders understand the impact, not kind of as a punitive way to hold schools accountable during this extremely turbulent last year that was, you know, stretched many schools and many teachers very thinly. And finally, are you and your team going to be continuing to track student performance as we move further into this year? Are there new analyses or reports that we should be watching out for? Yes. So the NWA map growth assessments will continue to be, they're being given right now, actually, they're going to continue to be administered throughout the winter and the spring. And so as we get new data and we'll be unpacking the variability that we see, trying to tie it to whether schools were able to reopen or close and the patterns of reopening in person versus remotely that occurred across different school districts and really try to understand how students are beginning to kind of recover from this huge interruption in their schooling and tying that to whether or not additional instruction is being provided. You know, many school districts are now looking at summer break as a time to try to bring kids back and think about summer learning. So really understanding whether those types of programs are effective and for whom I think will be really important. So I can't promise you a, a release date, but there will definitely be more from us as more data is available and we can really focus on what's happening this school year, whereas our fall report could really only speak to what happened during the spring and summer since most students tested so early in the school year, it wasn't really reflecting the effectiveness of instruction this year. Well, as always, this is great work, Megan, um, and we want to encourage our listeners to go read the full research brief and keep up with all of NWEA's work by visiting nwea.org research. Uh, Megan Kufeld, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to the series, you can find us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode or to suggest a future topic, you can follow us on Twitter at CPreHub. That's C-P-R-E-Hub.